0: Kilda, welcome to the Catch podcast where we discuss issues that affect missional communities and church plants. I'm Scotty Reeve, I'm the head of the Catch Network um, and I spend my life helping missional communities and churches to renew themselves.
1: Kilda, I'm Jazz, I live in community here in Wellington and I'm also a law student. Uh, Scotty, why are we here?
0: Yeah, why are we here? Well, we are really lucky here in Wellington and Te Whanganui Atara to be surrounded by people with an enormous amount of wisdom and experience creating communities like the ones we're talking about. And uh, late last year, I started thinking about all the concepts we take for granted here. And every time I thought of one, I wrote it down on a notepad. And by the end of the year, I had 70 concepts written down. And so our desire really is to grab some of the great things we take for granted that we talk about all the time and to share those with a wider audience. And I've invited you, Jazz, to join me. Why are you here?
1: Well, Scotty, you're a 37-year-old man and I'm a 20-year-old woman. So I guess I'm here to offer the perspective of my generation, but also to ask some questions that maybe our listeners would be wondering.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the reality is that uh, sometimes I get talking and you'll hear I go for a while and sometimes I miss things or I say things which um, you may not agree with. And so Jazz is going to be the voice of reason here in the room for my rants. Is that right?
1: Hopefully. We'll we'll see. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Cool. All right, let's get into it. Well, Jazz, do you mind if I start by reading your poem this morning?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so this is from an Aussie cartoonist named Michael Lunig, and it's called Fear and Love, and it goes like this. There are only two feelings, love and fear. There are only two languages, love and fear. There are only two activities, love and fear. There are only two motives, two procedures, two frameworks, two results. Love and fear, love And fear. I really like this poem because for me it really um, typifies the big struggle of leading missional communities and church plants for me. Mm. I am passionate um, that the things I am a part of grow. That they grow uh, in depth, but they also grow in impact in their local community. And they also grow by bringing people to know Jesus. And I think um, growth is not a bad thing. And some of us in kind of the edgier church movements need to actually come to terms with growth as still being a healthy thing. Yeah. Um. So growth is a good thing, but it's how you get that growth that is really crucial. And I recently came across this, this quote by Eric Hoffer, and he said this. Hatred is the most accessible and comprehensive of all the unifying agents. Mass movements can rise and spread without belief in a god, but never without a belief in a devil. Mm. So Hoffa speaks to this thing that if you want to gather and grow a movement of people, that a really powerful way to do that is through the weaponization of fear. Mm. And probably a lot of us, you're already thinking of the most obvious example of this in the last few years would be Trump Mm. Uh, and would be this ability for him to weaponize people's fear of their neighborhood changing, um, of their jobs changing, to dial that up with xenophobia and racism and sexism and homophobia, uh, bring people into this fever pitch of fear where they can move together. And it must feel really good, I think, for some people to watch something grow like that. And it takes real integrity, I think, particularly for church leaders when they're growing to ask the hard questions of love and fear. What is the, What are the motivating and underlying principles which are actually driving the growth of what they're a part? A few years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I was part of uh, the early days of a church called Blueprint, Blueprint still goes today, awesome church, Uh, but we were part of this thing which was huge in the early 2000s called the Emergent Church Movement, which was basically groups of people from the UK, from Aussie, from the US, and from Aotearoa, who had come to terms with the fact that church was not reaching culture the way we wanted it to or the way we thought was was irrelevant where we were at the time. And so what we did is we started to have church around cafe tables and sometimes we'd have it in a bar and we'd have beer at church or halfway through there was a cigarette break for people to have a smoke and it was, you know, radical time of experimentation, you know, where we'd like cancel the worship band for the night and go find a busker on Cuba Street. Mm. And it was really cool, a really cool time. But I think one of the things we got wrong at that time is we built that community on a posture of fear. The reason I say that is because I think one of the most obvious signs that you're running a fear-based movement is when you define yourself in opposition to something else. Mm. So if you were to ask one of us at the time how we understood what it was to be a part of Blueprint, what we probably would have said is, well, we're not like those conservative Christians or we're not like those Hillsong Christians, you know, Mm. or we're not like those clean Christians in the suburbs who don't know their neighbours. Our entire identity was built around this fear of becoming something else, which we had a contempt for, um, but it wasn't centred around necessarily the God who loved us. The temptation of kind of every alternative Christian movement um, is to give into an ideology of fear rather than the way of love of Jesus. And we're in a challenge with this because those of us who are listening to this now, we probably do have some really big and fair and accurate critiques of the way the church has been. When we're looking at issues of colonization, when we're looking at issues of marginalization, we know that the church has been deeply embedded in some of those uh, issues and sometimes been the vanguard of making those things happen. Mm But at the same time, we need to address these issues without letting them fall into fear narratives where we are fundamentally driven by what we are against uh, rather than who we are for. The final thing I want to say around this is that I think um, fear is like rocket fuel. Fear is a great fuel to get you somewhere really, really fast, but it's incredibly volatile. Um, So what I mean by that is that fear uh, is is really effective at gathering a large number of people really quickly going, here's where we're going, here's what we're against. But what I've seen time and time again is that when we build our communities, um, particularly Christian communities, around narratives of fear, then ultimately that fear, which was once directed outwards, turns around 180 and ends up directed inwards at the people who we love. So fear and love for Jazz, this is um, such a challenge, I think, and such a soul-searching part of leading missional communities or um, church plants. I wonder what comes to mind for you as you think about that.
1: Yeah, the first thing I think of is, obviously, we had those huge kind of anti-government, anti-vax protests um, in Wellington quite recently, and that was a really confronting example of fear instead of love or being against something instead of for something. Have you read The Coddling of the American Mind?
0: No, I keep getting told to read this, but uh, go on. Yeah, 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 it's a
1: great book. Um, I don't think it's aimed at Christians necessarily, but it, yeah, it talks about how poignant this is at the moment. On both the political left and right, there's such an identity around fear and hatred and a common enemy instead of standing for a common good or a common cause. Mm. I've been thinking recently about movements that were Jesus-centred but still kind of stood for things that are important. And I was thinking about Martin Luther King and how Mm. obviously we know he was an exceptional black civil rights leader. But I think what struck me when I was re-watching Selma the other day is that it was so Jesus-centred and Jesus-focused. And above all else, he was a pastor and Mm. a Christian leader rather than just kind of an anti-white spokesperson um, and everything was peaceful and everything was done with love. So Scotty, as a church leader, what advice do you have, I guess, around how to lead a movement that is both critical of the issues in our society and is going to stand for justice and stand for change, but does this in a way that is love-centred and not fear or hate-centred?
0: Yeah, well, I immediately think of um, Saltsonine who had this quote that went something like, the line of good and evil doesn't run down borders or boundaries, but down mm. the center of every human heart. Yeah. And I think there's a really important thing um, for uh, leaders and, and those of us who are aware of these issues in Christian community to examine what the motives are that are driving um, the way we're growing our communities. Um, And to be honest with ourselves, it's really hard if you're running something and it starts to get successful or big to have the integrity to look at yourself and go, is this getting big for the right reasons? Like, are we, you know, are we growing for the right reasons here? Are we growing around Christ or have we begun to grow around something else? And I think often what we can recognize within ourselves is little signs that we're moving into a fear narrative because I think that, Um, fear narrative can often look in the subtle ways that we begin to control people. Mm. So I think when we start to move into passive aggression, you know, or we start to sort of manipulate the people in our communities through what we aren't saying sometimes or through mm. the through disapproval and those kind of like pseudo violent tactics yeah. um, which are actually fear-based and are encouraging people to serve out of fear um, rather than out of generosity and I think we need to particularly in this cultural moment continue to keep bringing people back to Jesus mm. over and over again and the words. Of Jesus, um, and are those as a um an antibiotic to the fear and the um judgment and the hate narratives that we're seeing a lot at the moment? This has been the Catch Podcast. You can find out more at www.catchnetwork.org.nz See you next week.